What's going on, everybody? Summer camp continues here at Don's Pinball Podcast. For those of you checking, episode number 58 coming to you during the weekend. This lovely weekend of summer, end of July. So grab your s'mores and uh, your, I guess, your hot dog sticks and get around the campfire. Let's cuddle up and tell some ghost stories about the future of this pinball hobby that we all believe in and participate in. Reaching out there with kindness and some sticky marshmallow on my finger. It's a pinball podcast for you. I am in rare form this weekend. What's up, everybody? I wanted to come back. Oh, it's my last day here on the road in the hills of Appalachia from rural West Virginia, from where the coal mine smoke hangs densely uh, in the air, choking our souls with that nice powdery black goodness. And we're going to reflect on where we are exactly in the pinball hobby for today. So let's get into it. So uh, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo is going on right now down there in Georgia. And wouldn't you know it, Marco Specialties brought some Venoms on location to play. I did a 90-minute live stream yesterday. It was fantastic. We covered a lot of topics. I'm going to kind of redress a lot of that, too, because we've got some uh, some more views that have solidified up in the interim. But I've been watching the live streams. Um, it kicked off with uh, Brian Eddy um, and his, uh, his programmer buddies and everybody from Marco were there streaming. Venom again, and so I got to watch you know some more live streams of this game, and, and I came to a realization. You know, we're heading in here now. It's been about a week since the game is revealed, so like our initial uh, enthusiasm and exuberance has settled. So now we can objectively kind of look at this game, and I was reflecting on it prior to watching these live streams, thinking, you know what? What exactly is different with this Venom layout, this fan layout where all the fun things are in the back third of the playfield, and a module from P3 Multimorphic, right? I mean, would couldn't you have the same Venom type layout as a replaceable module for a P3? I mean, the whole playfield's empty except for the ramps on the side, which the P3 Multimorphic system is perfectly capable of handling. Um, so you know, you know, is this you know? Worthwhile getting, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Now, I do media production, apparently. This is podcasting business. And I do love live streams, and I love it, and I love the people that come in there for the weekly Friday night evening live streams that I've been doing. I'm hoping to get into streaming here soon. And so because of that, I am more apt to buy a game that I otherwise maybe would kind of wait on. And that's what I was considering with Venom here over the last few days. Um, so... You know, given that uh, this the, the theme is is interesting. I mean, I you know I like Venom, you know, it's comic books and whatever, but it means about as much to me as Avengers does, and I don't own one of those. Um, and I know we're all hearing all these rumors of what's coming next from Stern, right? But if I can get a game, the brand new game from Stern, open it up, do an unboxing, play with the thing, give my reviews and views, and then in six months pass it on, at hopefully not too much of a loss, that makes it worthwhile for me. But if I was, say, where I was a year ago where I had one pin, would I go on this and make this the second pin in my house? Knowing the landscape as it is now, um, knowing everything from Fathom to Centaur to Elton John and, and, and the Masters of the Universe on the way and Elwin's ready to make another drop and there's already rumors of John Borg's next game. Does Venom make sense? And at the time, a few days ago, uh, that's where I was. You know, yeah, I, I kind of have some secondary gain here that the average pinball person probably wouldn't have, and that would make me more apt to go ahead and get this game. But otherwise, I think I probably would hold off on it. 
until I really watch these streams. So the thing we're not getting from these review trailers um, is a lot of the, the nuance of the gameplay. And I watched Jack Danger's stream at the San Diego Comic Convention, which was, you know, our first, you know, view of that. But we were still in that irrational exuberance period when a f- game first drops, right? So now I was sitting and I was watching, man, like a couple of hours of live streams from the Southern Fry Gaming Expo that Marco's been putting on. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to appreciate more of like how much the gameplay and code really helps supplant what is otherwise a fairly pedestrian type of layout, you know, a back third of the cabinet, say. Um, and, and so where they're going with this, and, and I've listened to the other podcasters, you know, Jason from Pinball Party really went in pretty deep with his recent show talking about the roguelike uh, video game aspect that's being brought into pinball. And uh, I'm all for bringing those gameplay elements that work good in that sphere, in that video game space, and where appropriate bringing them into pinball. And I think Venom is where we're seeing the intersection of these two things. So yeah, it's a game that doesn't yeah, look like Twilight Zone, right? I mean, come on, Twilight Zone's got like five times the amount of mechanisms and ball pass and, and, and cool little things and gumball machines and stuff that this obviously doesn't have. And it's been kind of a disturbing trend that we've seen go with pinball. We want to get back to those days where we have a lot of mechanisms and everything. But what we're getting that Twilight Zone didn't have was this gameplay. Now, does gameplay and code mean as much as mechanisms and everything, that's going to come down to a personal uh, preference. I still think the games are you know, overpriced for what we're getting, um, but I, I, I was uh, spurred on uh, when I saw like how you know, the, the gameplay was integrated there, how the light shows integrated, um, how much of a difference it made, you know, picking a character and changing the layout, you know. So there is a lot to be said for, you know, the, the more softer part of this release, the code, the lights, over so much of the layout. That makes it a little bit more palatable. Now, that being said, if I wasn't ready to tear this box open and podcast the hell out of this thing, would I still go on one? That I don't know. I think it could come down to really a coin flip. You know, something like Foo Fighters, it was released. I was all in aboard that hype train. I rode it straight into town. You know, Venom, I'm not sure. And maybe that speaks to why we're getting this feedback that, you know, the game isn't selling as quickly as, you know, some of the other ones would have. Um, That also being said, let's look at the breakdown between the pro and the premium here once again. So um, a, a very good argument can be made that you get basically all the gameplay that you would need out of a pro for the last several releases for Godzilla, um, for Foo Fighters, for James Bond, you know, is not really worth that $3,000 jump to the premium unless you really want to have those extra little bits. Um, but for something like this, where the whole gimmick that integrated gameplay really centers around picking a character and changing the gameplay field, you're just not getting that on the pro. And I'm hearing that from people that typically, you know, would go in on a pro just to, you know, get a game in the house. They're actually just skipping this. And I could totally see that. So if you, uh, you know, are typically in the market for, you know, the pro and you don't own a location or something, I can see totally skipping uh, this game uh, because it seems like to really get, the full effect of the code and the gameplay that have been uh, put into this game, you really have to go for that premium. All right, let me know your uh, take on all of this, Uh, but uh, we're going to know more about Venom the more people play it. So I'm excited as the weekend goes on, 
to hear back from people that are playing uh, Venom and, and get more of a response from them. So with these Venom machines that are on site at the Southern Fry Gaming Expo that, that uh, Marco Specialties brought there, are these going to be show games for sale? I asked that online and I was greeted with no. So these games are not being sold at the show. Um, I thought that would have been kind of cool at least, you know, if you could get on one of these early ones and then take it home with you. These probably have to go back to the shop. Maybe they're not, you know, in their final form or ready for, you know, full public consumption. Uh, but what is for sale there is the P3 Multimorphic, I guess, for the first time. So seems like our friends over there at Multimorphic, those folks from the uh, center of rural Texas, have brought some machines that they're going to have available at the Southern Fry Gaming Expo to take with you at the end of the show. So if you want to get one of these and avoid the one year long queue, this would be a good way to get into it. Now, I mentioned on the live stream, so I, I don't want to hit it too much, uh, but I really see the, the P3 Multimorphic as kind of like a, like a Neo Geo, a little niche of a niche kind of product, you know, whereas the, the Stearns, the Jersey Jacks, the traditional cabinet games that we have, our mass market appeal, they're the PlayStations, they're the Xboxes, you know, you, people are going to get them. Uh, the games that are coming out for uh, the P3 Multimorphic are only available on that machine. So you have to make the leap of getting the machine and then make the leap of getting the modules. And it does a disservice, I think, to games that look innovative and fun, like uh, Scott Denise's Final Resistance, because they're only going to be available for that select market. But if you really want to go in on one, they're available now at the convention. So that's a great, I think, place to get one. If you can wheel and deal a little bit and maybe get the cabinet platform, you know, maybe 500 bucks off or something and take it with you. If you wanted to get one, I think that's a good way to get one. So that's the first time that this has happened. So you can't take Venom home with you, but you can take home a P3 Multimorphic. And maybe someone will develop, a, I don't know, um, a Venom module for P3 Multimorphic. What kind of like stern cross branding would that be? If they did a licensing deal to make one of their games available as a module for the P3, I would see Stern probably just licensing the P3 technology and doing it that way if they even wanted to worry about it, which I don't believe that they will. So what else is going on this week? Well, we're hearing confirmation um, of a new game from Stern from Mr. John Borg's design team for John Wick, right? That Keanu Reeves uh, thriller franchise where he's, you know, basically doing everything in the Matrix without the bullet time and, you know, zeroing, one-tapping people on the forehead. So I haven't seen any of these films, but people have that were on the live stream last night, and I was kind of asking them, like, what sort of things would you want to see in this game? Because from what I've seen from trailers and the bits of the movies that I've watched on airplanes, I'm imagining basically a layout that would look like, you know, kind of like a... Uh, uh, what do you call it, cyberpunk uh, city, very dark, wet streets and all that. Basically what I would expect from the Matrix, but without all the Matrix-y, um, you know, Terminators and everything floating around. Um, you know, but uh, apparently there's a lot of uh, points, story points along there that could be integrated into a pinball machine. Are they going to make it uh, just based off the first movie? Are they going to pull things from the entire four-movie franchise up to date? What assets are we going to get? All of that we don't know, but... I had been hearing this rumor, you know, from several sources for a while now, but nothing really concrete. But now I think that the multitude of sources have reported it's John Wick. I think this was the rumor that started out with Matrix. And then I was hearing, guess what? You know, everybody's talking about Matrix. It's really uh, John Wick. Now I think we're getting that from so many sources that this thing is coming next. It's probably taking that position that... Um, 
that that fourth position that was going to be uh, Indiana Jones from Stern. So we'll probably see this at some point down the road. I'm sure we'll hear more about it now, but we've got the leak and it seems to be substantiated. Now, is this a game that will speak to people more than Venom? I would imagine so, particularly if you've seen the films. Um, when Godfather was announced and it was a real thing, I went out and actually watched the Godfather film. So I guess I got to go and watch John Wick now so I can get a sense on you know what, what's going to happen with this game. But this is a reveal that I'd, I'd like to see kind of what they do with it. Um, you know, how do we approach a game like this, which I, I see in the vein of, you know, action shooter type movie like a Die Hard. So are we going to see kind of a game that's in the vein of what a Die Hard type, you know, take over the city, fight the terrorists, shoot all the bad guys movie themed pinball would be like? Will it be the second coming of Last Action Hero? Who the heck knows? Um, but following that, once we're done with uh, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, we are going to be into August, which means September and October are just around the corner. This will start what I'm going to refer to as the Road to Expo. You know, Expo is going to be the next big drop of the year. Um, Texas Pinball Festival is in the springtime in March, bookended in the fall with the Chicago's uh, Pinball Expo. So what are we going to see at Expo? Well, we've already heard um, that there will be some reveals apparently taking place here, one of which may be from American Pinball. And wouldn't you know that there is that rumor that American Pinball has the license for Masters of the Universe. I know there was some battle there between, you know, Nap Arcade and the K-Man, but it seems like we're coming down now that the rumor strongly favors American Pinball, and I couldn't be happier for American Pinball. I think this is a company that needs a hit, especially following up on on Galactic Tank Force. It's been done to death. Um, If you like it, have at it. I, I still play it when it's on location, but it's a very weird game and with a very strange launch, with very strange marketing, with very strange uh, considerations giving to that whole entire project. So this would be American Pinball's second, you know, licensed product that's not in the public domain, right? You know, they did Houdini, um, you know, their other game was uh, Legends of Valhalla. And that's kind of the game I'm looking for inspiration on what to expect if American Pinball does come through and does a Masters of the Universe pinball machine. So I, you know, now that I've played all of the American pinball games um, and, and looking at them all kind of in the, uh, in the abstract now, I think Legends of Valhalla may actually be my favorite one of theirs. Um, you know, Oktoberfest seems to have more in it, but the theme is, is cringe, especially with that art. Um, but Legends of Valhalla, for those of you that played it, it actually shoots pretty well. It integrates magnets in an interesting way. It's got just a bare-bones public domain theme, so there's not that draw and tie into it. But imagine if we had a game that shot as well as Legends of Valhalla does, um, maybe had a few more mechs and, and maybe a little upper playfield or something in it, um, but used magnets in a creative way, had that cool kind of art with the skulls and everything and then was loaded with Masters of the Universe. So um, that's what I'm hoping, if this is a true project and it comes to fruition, that we get something that's as good or better as a shooter and uh, integrated mechanisms of a game as Legends of Valhalla, but done with the theme that we can really grab onto. You know, if I was to give, you know, like a letter grade to Legends of Valhalla, you know, it's it's about 60, 65% there. You know, not a game that I'm looking to go out and purchase, but a game that I don't mind playing when I do come across it. You know, it's it's okay. It's it's fun, but it's not the greatest thing. But, you know, if they made a game with a layout of around 65% with a theme of like, you know, bringing up an extra 20 to 25%, well, then we're looking at a pretty sweet game. 
And if this can be something that they can deliver, um, that they can make in large numbers, that they can get out into the market, get in front of people without having any issues like, you know, a battle tank that's down there throwing balls up over the, the flippers. And they, you know, use the 3D modeling machines for, uh, you know, kind of workshopping and prototyping, but then go for actual either, you know, resin dipped or, or plastic molded or casted uh 3D pieces for the actual machine to bring that fit and finish up, I think they could really have the game that American Pinball needs. So um, I'm not seeing people bang down the doors trying to get Galactic Tank Forces. I'm not sure where they are with their production because, I mean, we haven't seen anybody from the company. Um, they certainly don't do a Friday uh, live episode uh, to show us what's on the line there. Uh, so I could imagine that by the time we get to October and then going into December, they would need to put something on the line if they're going to stay a solvent company. Maybe they have other revenue streams that we don't know about. They're part of a conglomerate, what have you. But I think there's a strong possibility that we could see something new from American Pinball, um, you know, more than anybody else. Uh, I think uh, Pinball Brothers is also rumored to be having another game. Uh, Dutch Pinball said that, <laughs> I don't know why they did this, uh, they announced that something was coming at Expo, but it was going to be Expo 2024, not 2023. I don't know why they announced that far ahead of time, but Barry does what Barry does, man. What, what am I going to say? Uh, so as we build down the road to Expo, I think going into August, um, once Venom start kind of coming off the line, I th I'm hoping to get some more rumors of what's actually going to build up and be at Expo. It's probably not going to be the, the dump of games that we had in March for Texas Pinball Festival, but there may be some surprises there. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there for all four days. I'm going to be on site. We're going to be doing some giveaways, doing events. I've already got three things scheduled, which I can't wait to talk more about. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Anybody that can make it there on site or watch remotely, uh, really looking forward to pinball expo in chicago towards the end of october moving on what else do i have here oh so jjp are we gonna see a new game from them i see them kind of in the similar position with american pinball when it comes to the game that they currently have on the line their most recent release godfather and you know have they now fulfilled their allotment of, of orders that they've had you know, are they going to be looking as we get into November and as we get into December on another line or another game to put on their line as they're going to be finishing up the, the allotted orders for uh, Godfather? So I don't know yet, but that may be a little bit early, but I think there's a fair to middling chance that we may see something from JJP potentially too. All of that will, will follow on the road to Expo. I can't wait to see if we're correct on all these things. Uh, what else do we have here going on on a Saturday afternoon? So my buddy and yours, Jengez, he's got a YouTube channel, Retro Tango. He put up a fairly interesting video uh, with, a, with, a, with a really solid a shocking rumor uh, just this afternoon. I went and watched it there and then reached out and talked to him about it. So his rumor that he's hearing has to do with uh, is some marketing and sales changes with Stern Pinball, Big Daddy Stern, that's coming with the opening of their new mega facility uh, in August. It's going to be happening here at the end of next month. So he's saying that his rumor is that there's a, a new sales and marketing uh, department that's going to be created within Stern Pinball to potentially sell games direct to consumer from Stern, bypassing distributors. So this would disrupt essentially the whole model uh, that Stern operates on right now. Stern basically sells directly to their customers, which is distributors. Distributors put in their orders for how many games they think they're going to sell. They give one big check, and then apparently the games show up. And then uh, in the meantime, 
It's the distributors that are doing the marketing, that are on the Facebook, that are reaching out, that are going to the shows, taking these games around and selling them, and then taking the margins off what they get. You know, I imagine for a $10,000 game, uh, the, probably the, uh, the, the, inv- the factory invoice on that to the dealer, what, 80% of the cost or something, $8,500 for a $10,000 game, let's say, for ease of math. And then, you know, when they sell that game onto a consumer at MSRP, they can pocket $1,500 per machine sold. LEs probably have a bigger margin. Pros probably have less of a margin, but do higher numbers to operators. That's how it's traditionally worked. So the benefit that Stern gets from this, because if, obviously if Stern was selling direct, they could charge full MSRP and they could recoup that that difference but what they're gaining is the service part of it right so the uh, a lot of the marketing and acquisition of customers is left through the distributors a lot of the risk is pushed off onto the distributors as well if the distributors order too much or don't have the customers for it they're kind of left hanging they've already paid their money to stern which is from what i understand how this industry works uh any distros out there feel free to correct me if i'm wrong i want in on your nuances of your business um But when a customer has a problem, such as I had, I I unboxed a Foo Fighters Premium, and one of the optos, although it was lit with the LED working, was not functioning on my, uh, the, the Overlord shot. Um, I went through the whole switch test, you know, and people online helped me out to diagnose the problem. And then I reached out to Stern directly and I said, hey, I think I've got a bad opto. Can I switch it out? And I got, you know what, why don't you take that to your distributor and have them deal with it? So I contacted uh, Jeff at Mad Pinball, uh, told him what was going on, explained the problem. He said, no problem. He submitted it directly to Stern. And three days later, in my mailbox, I had an opto, soldered it in. The game's been working perfectly since then. So these issues will happen with new in box pinball, just forewarning anybody that buys new in box, you just expect that something's not going to be quite right. There's going to be something you're going to have to work out there. That's one of the benefits of buying used from someone else. A lot of these early issues have already been sorted, but that notwithstanding, um, you know, Stern, though they're taking less money by doing the distributor model, uh, they're also kind of one step removed from these sort of, uh, you know, middling uh, end user issues that they get with a, a distributor. So, yeah, obviously, if Stern is selling direct, you know, like they've sold games last year on Amazon direct to consumers, um, they would make some more money. But it's, they're also going to have to come up with uh, a more robust force to deal with these issues from games that come up. And I think what they uh, may be doing then, and this was truly to the, the heart of the rumor that uh, Jenga's had, was that they are uh, going to beef up their sales and kind of service uh, team, you know, so so some new hires, create a new department, a new division or whatever to handle the phone calls from end users directly to Stern. Um, it seems like a lot more work for them. Is it going to be worth it? I know who's not going to be enthusiastic about this, and that's the distributors um, uh, that have, you know, good relationships with their customers, and this is going to eat into their profits. They're already taking risk, uh, you know, when they do these deals and everything. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see uh, what comes out here. The, the other thing, though, that you get with a distributor that you would not necessarily have with Stern is a, a used market. You know, um, you know, you, if you're a home user, you know, you're going to have your game, you're going to play it 300 times or so. And then six months later, when another game comes out, you can then trade that game in to your distributor towards the purchase of another one. And then the distros buy and sell used games all the time as well. Is Stern really going to want to do that? I don't think so. I see that as more of a one way, you know, us to end consumer. And then, you know, that's it. Maybe some service uh, calls, you know, if they're covered by warranty, but that's probably going to be the extent of, you know, 
uh, of, of the, the deal there. I don't see Stern taking a uh, Guns N' Roses or a Willy Wonka in trade towards the purchase of um, a John Wick, let's say. So I guess we'll find out all of this. This will be nebulous, but I think it should be shored up again by the time we get to Expo. So we'll check back in there. These are the rumors as I hear them and understand them right now. Thanks to Retro Dingo on YouTube. Give that guy a follow. What a handsome dude that is. Out there in Denmark, solid guy. Everybody else, bring me your rumors. I love it. Email me at donspinballpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you want to hear, man. I'm here to service y'all. Uh, follow on the Facebook page. I'm collecting followers, trying to build to a 1,000. I've got a Patreon for $5 a month, and it gets you access to stickers anytime you want them, as well as some other drops I do periodically in there. I'm in West Virginia. I'm heading home tomorrow. I can't get, wait to get back to the center of the great state of Wisconsin and to all my games I got downstairs, man. It's what's up. Email Don at Don's Pinball Podcast. Don't email. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't going to shade anybody else. It's all love here. It's all kindness and fun. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Enjoy this episode. Eat your vegetables. Wiki, 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 wiki.